Hi everyone and welcome to another episode of The Growth Show. Um, I'm joined with Tom and David today and we thought it would be best to talk about what's going on at the moment which is the election. Like it's unless you've been living under a rock you cannot avoid the drama that's going on between uh, Biden and Trump and it led to an interesting question about how do you heal divides. Um, obviously 50-50 down the middle, split country, very passionate uh, on both sides. But today we want to take that sentiment and look at how do we bring teams of people back together? How do we bring nations back together? Um, we'll try and hopefully solve a few problems, maybe not, not all of them. Um, so David, um, how, how, do we, how do we bring people back together? Um, well, that's the million dollar question. Um, or in America's case, probably the 10 billion tri or trillion dollar question. Um, the, the main reason why there's divide in the first place is because people go into cognitive distance. So they start to um, double down on, on positions that they take, as opposed to sort of taking, uh, leaving pride at the front door and ego at the front door people will double down on, on what they already believe to be true or they get defensive, they'll defend the position they've already had. Case in point, Donald Trump, he's come out and said the election's rigged. Now he's either got to come down off there and say, actually guys, sorry, that was that was complete nonsense. Um, or you know, I don't I don't really believe it is. Even if it was a bit, Joe Biden still won. So I'd like to, you know, congratulate him. But what he's done is he's doubled down on that. And then again and again and again. And it's then harder and harder. The brain actually finds it harder and harder and harder to then unwind from that position because it finds more and more reasons as to why you're right and more and more reasons as to why everyone else is wrong. And so in most um, you know, disagreements like this that I've worked with in, in organisations, senior management teams, that's the biggest problem is that people have sort of gone down a rabbit hole of their own position and now usually the actual problem is under 10% of the issue. The vast majority of the problem is then the emotions that are triggered by it. The emotions of um, that we're right, someone else is wrong, or you, know, you can't possibly look weak in front of the rest of the team or whatever it is by admitting that you're wrong. And so dealing with the actual problem is very, very simple, but the emotions around it make it, make, make it so much more complicated. Complicated. So first of all, we've got to understand from our own point of view that we're emotionally driven beings and that maybe our emotions have got the better of us sometimes. Uh, and that might have led us to an unhealthy position. In the cold light today, we might, might, might just have a different look at it. That makes, that makes, that makes huge sense. And, and Thomas, how do we start bringing these people back together? Yeah, well, I think um, it's worth recognising what the issue is. So David touched on it. I think the it's about recognising where's the problematic language. So um, so where's the language here? I mean, um, Biden says bring back, bringing America back together. What that actually does, if, if you're not careful, you actually label the Trump supporters as being Nazis, racists, and bigots. Right? So, uh, so that's hardly bringing back the, the people together. And that's an association with um, that's a second degree association that David just mentioned around trying to fit facts with your own um, truths in inverted commas. Uh, and the other one is also these, these terms like Sleepy Joe, these generalizations which create stasis to try and write people off altogether. What's interesting, I think, is around there's, odd, there's an odd alignment between Trump and Biden. So that's always the starting point. Are we going in the same direction? Because if you're not, then you may as well, you know, I think that so 
what what Biden says is bring back uh, um, bringing people back together, uh, and what Trump says making America great again. Um, so there's a, a bit of a common theme there. Um, I think then that what happens is when you've got challenge and disagreement. So I'm not saying that um, you know the, the election there are flaws in the American election to what degree no one knows etc. So it's not so much the facts but it's around the thinking. So I think the um, and it's what actually happens when this uh, disagreement takes place. And so what happens is that, um, you know, the recent Hunter Biden scandal, which there actually is some real facts behind that Trump has been um, firing up, actually get, got shut down with a negative generalization of a smear campaign by Biden. And Trump, as we all know, calls a lot of things hoaxes and false, false news. And there's two convenient negative generalizations. And what this does is it basically justifies the status quo, writes off the opposition, um, and create stasis. And I think this, I remember when I was young in my sort of early teens, my uncle once said to me, and I used to sell all kinds of junk when I was 12 and 13, quite entrepreneurial. Um, and he said to me, and I, I got to the stage where I got to selling, swapping a go-kart for a speedboat. And he said, he said to me, he said, um, never deal with idiots on their own terms, <laughs> right? And so I think there, there is a case for that. Um, and I think that particularly relates to the EU, actually, in the Brexit negotiations. But at the same time, when you do deal with people, you know, you need to deal with them specifically. So I think, um, you know, there's a, there's a real dynamic here that uh, needs to be understood. It's not about whether it's right or wrong, but as David said, it's around the thinking. And the odd thing about the thinking is that Trump will be acutely unaware of what he's saying. And actually most of the dialogue, it's very easy to sit on the outside and take positions Trump's right or wrong. Actually, this affects us all and it's worth recognizing, Nick. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. But what I'm what I'm nervous about is the is the lack of feedback. I mean, it's very um, uh, going on certain news. I mean, we all got sucked into staying up late watching news we probably shouldn't be watching. Um, but I was deliberately flicking flicking back between Fox and CBS and CNN because it's incredibly interesting to see the different views and. The idea of bringing people back together when, when very clearly they, there's so much sort of hatred towards the other side, especially from people the media choose to portray in this, is, is really scary. And, and it seems to me that no one's diving into the fact that this was meant to be a huge landslide for Biden. And, and on number of votes, it, if they're all real, um, it looks like it's, it's fairly, you know, five million is a fairly big number. But it's still tighter than everyone sort of imagined, which... which goes to show you there's obviously a lot of anti-Trumpers, like I hate Trumps out there, who just want anyone bar him. And maybe there's not as many people who are really bought into the, maybe the policies of, or, or as pro-Biden. And I think if they don't really go and understand that they've got to reach out to these other people and try and extend a sort of a hand, a friendship to bring them back, it's, they're going to literally double down, especially with this new narrative around the fact they've been robbed, right? And from the fact they've, they've experienced four years of watching another party doing everything and everything in their power legally to um, uh, disrupt and get rid of someone. I mean, it doesn't really set a good, a good example, but the feedback, the lack of feedback so far is scary for me. Um, David, what's your thoughts around that? Oh, absolutely. I mean, it's, we see ourselves in our own, in our own sort of micro way, in our own worlds of how we process feedback loops. Um, as we go into bigger systems and bigger scales, that 
um, you'd think it would get more nuanced. It doesn't. It actually gets simpler. Um, and we naturally, as human beings, set ourselves into tribes. It's actually one of the base levels of human development is we look for people like ourselves. Um, you most commonly see this in the UK in you know sport. What colour shirt you have um, in Liverpool, you're red or you're blue. That's it. That's one of the first questions, right? Um, and we see this all the time, which naturally sets divisions between people because you're, you are something and you're not something else. And in many, many cases, that's not a problem. But when it comes to um, things like politics, particularly in America, a lot of it is quite fear driven. So as you were saying, it's not that people wanted Biden necessarily, those millions of people did clearly, but it was lots and lots of people that I know didn't want Trump. So they were voting for what they didn't want out of fear as opposed to what they did want because that was the answer. And when fear is driving decisions, you're never going to get good decisions. And it, and it, and it leads to more and more of that thinking. Um, so in these systems, it is really, really, really tough because everything becomes so tribal, particularly in a two-party system where it just separates things far more um, you know, it's oil and water that it, it polarizes things more and more, so that everything then becomes about one or two issues, um, and it also speaks into people's identity. So when people say I am pro-life, let's say everyone goes, "Oh, so you're a Republican?" Well, not necessarily. It's just one issue, but because American politics is so divided on so many key issues, it polarizes people. And it creates yeah, very unhelpful narrative because people then are labelled with something that isn't actually them, but we get sucked into it um, and it naturally creates um, divisions uh, where there aren't any uh, necessarily. So I think a lot of the answer really, whether it'll actually happen, is to listen to people and really try and listen, understand the other side. But when you get it, when everyone's acting out of a place of fear, that is incredibly hard to do. Yeah, yeah. And I think, I think that's, listening and respect go hand in hand here right it's like it's um like if i was if i was biden camp i'd be pro on them saying yep let them count the votes let them triple count the votes you know we like give as many reasons to say we're supporting your views we hear you we hear that you're worried there's fraud we want evidence there's not fraud we're going to just continuing going about our business but actually we want to reassure you this is correct rather than any kind of fight against it and the, the use of language so far about you know we're here for you by those chumps and all that kind of stuff you're like that's not, that's not how you it's not how you appease to people and we've seen it with brexit if you really want people to double down then you 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 go on the the offensive with them and they will double down into a position where they're not open to hearing anything else and you get this sort of identity politics which is really scary Right, like really, really scary. Um, Tom, how, how how do you how do you move away from sort of identity politics? There, how do you how do you actually get people to be opening to to listening to both sides? Well, it's one word, Nick, and it's called courage. Right, um, we know this is wrong, right, and no one's got the courage to get to the truth. So it's very easy to criticise Trump, okay, but Trump actually does genuinely try to get to the, the has got the courage to get to the truth. And so when you look at the Black Lives Matter which is all part of this politics. Um, he's actually identified very unpopularly actually what's driving this, which is all around um, um, the Antifa far left movement in part, um, et cetera. Now, um, the, I think what's 
the thing to recognize here, right, and that it's worth recognizing that people are not coping, right, at all, uh, environmentally. And what do we do when we can't cope, Nick? What we do um, is we create generalizations to normalize things that we can't cope with. Um, and so the worrying thing is when Biden talks, he frankly talks a load of generalizations. And if you listen to what he says, it means utterly meaningless nonsense. That's actually very popular in a very um, uncertain time because people will make um, they will make bad decisions for the sake of reaching certainty. And the generalization gives a whilst it's completely flawed, it provides a degree of certainty and it normalizes things which are just ridiculous. So um, the danger is that someone like Biden wins, right? And guess what? He did win. Um, and that's a very big issue because if you look at his actual policies when it comes to China and some of the really big threats that we're facing, he is very weak in, in a lot of these areas and it's not a time for sycophants. So the, the answer is actually to step into the, um, into the line of fire, Nick. Um, and, um, and interestingly enough, more political correctness um, is, one at, is, is, is a similar sort of uh, left-wing generalisation type thing. Um, and interestingly in Sweden, it's actually made division worse. Okay, So in terms of diversity, now the thing about diversity, if you just take diversity, um, diver it's, it's really about or equality is actually another interesting one. Um, equality of outcome is an absolute nightmare. And I'll tell you why, because do we really want 50% of women being bricklayers? And do we want 50% of women in prisons, right? When there's only 5%, what are we gonna to do to get 40, the other 45% of women in prisons to make up the numbers, to make it equal? It's utterly absurd. But I think where equality of outcome or quality of, that's equality of outcome, equality of opportunity is something completely different, which is, um, again, around the specifics and the words, which is saying, look, you know, um, and this is actually when you start getting back to basics and when this, and, but not many people have got the courage to do that, Nick. So in terms of how do you address this? I mean, way, the way we address is to reestablish relationships. Okay. So um, in all of this, um, you know, it takes real courage because what happens is if you do step out, you get labeled and um, the natural response at an individual level we've talked about, which is the generalizations, but as a group, which David just touched on, you get the, you get the herd closing in and that herd will close ranks and it'll invent, um, it'll invent um, their own truths to marginalize the person who's actually challenging them. And that's very unhealthy. And that leads to corruption. And that actually is happening um, left, right and center. So there's three things this week, because I pursue these types of things and don't sort of back off which have actually led to corruption because I've actually stepped into this, these types of situations. So um, it's all about, so the answer really is to, um, to, to be courageous, to actually um, have the, um, the courage to search out the truth. Um, it's also about what does good look like? And we've, we've lost sight of what good looks like. Good, good looks like in many ways, um, having fun, laughing, right? What can we laugh about without getting criticized for, um, you know, and also informally getting to know people. So when we're having discussions, we should always start, particularly at the moment on Zoom calls, and we, get, we know each other pretty well, and we can have pretty difficult discussions, but you try having a difficult discussion you don't know, it'll soon end up in tears or even worse, silence. Um, so it's really a question of really fi finding out what people um, are good at. And I, I'm gonna go back to real basics, okay, um, from the guy who created us, right? A guy called Jesus, by far the most, he may or may not be a Christian, but he actually is by far the most person most um, influential person that ever walked on this earth, right? And he said two things, right? 
The first thing was around grace, and grace is a biblical word, but it's an important one to understand. Um, and he said, whoever's without sin can throw the first stone. Beware, right? If you think or we think we're any better than Trump or Biden, wrong, wrong place to be. The second thing he said was so around self-righteousness, judge and you will be judged. And trust me, you do not want to be judged by Jesus. That is very bad news. So it really comes back to, um, you know, if we think we know better, watch out. Um, and the difficulty is the more this goes on, the more self-righteous people become, the more the, the herd closes in. Um, the social media thing, we just touched on that before this call, um, is, a, is a manipulative tool which, which actually increases these things. And so, I mean, I, the main thing that I do is actually I get, um, you know, I, I provide the courage to, to enable people to actually step out in a situ into a situation with, where relationships are established, okay, by resetting relationships, by making people aware of this dialogue, because it's that people at Trump and Biden are acutely unaware of this, and most of the people on this call will be acutely unaware of this. So not only you've got this, the courage to do something about it, but you've got the skills to cope with the discussion. And what that does is it doesn't say, look, you know, Trump is right or wrong, but this is a generalization, right? Let's rephrase that and talk about something specific. Otherwise, you get a clash. It's like the Brexiteers versus the non-Brexiteers. Unless you get to the specific, there's no sensible discussion to be had. And it comes down to that sort of level of um, things. And I think the other thing is to the definition, definition of a friend is someone that you will tell you things you don't want to hear, right? How many people are actually telling us things that we don't want to hear? Um, there's a lot of people pleasing going on at the moment, Nick, which is very unhealthy. So I think in a nutshell, I'd say relationships are absolutely paramount. And I mean intimate relationships, okay? I use the word, word intimate quite closely. Um, and um, I think the ability to forgive, right? Uh, and again, Jesus is the master of forgiveness. So, you know, if you lose sight of forgiveness and grace, you're really in a difficult, messy situation. And um, I, the last thing I'd just add to this is that if you look at when wars start, it's when communication stops. So let's not talk this down, right? This is a very serious issue. And so, you know, and I think the, the, the very last thing I'll just say on this is that actually, if you look at who actually really um, undid these situations, um, it, it wasn't, if you take the gulags, for example, who actually ripped apart the gulags, which is just an absolute horror story in the modern, modern age. It was, it was one or two very, um, very courageous people. So unless it's us stepping out, nobody else will, Nick. So it's all very well saying, no, sitting down, saying nothing, but actually we are making our own bed that, um, that this is all part of. So it really is a time to be, be bold, speak out against this stuff, and because um, it really is very damaging to our well-being, our businesses, and all the rest of it. Yeah, I think also acknowledge how anxious people are. I mean, even in let's take there's a there's a vaccine announced um, today. Sorry, today, so a couple of days ago, and uh, and then the CEO just took a sixty-two million pound payday as well, selling his stock, which is very uh, terrible political timing. But never mind. Um, and then there's there's some the first glimmers of realization for a lot of people that they might be coming into an office again, right, or back into work, mm. and they're going to be anxious about that. There's definitely a, there's definitely a process we're going to have to go through for bringing that back. So we've had the I know we hate these terms, but we had the new normal, 
And now is it the old new normal or is it the new new normal? Or like, you know, there's, there's definitely a, a communications journey we've got to go on to get people back. But you can already see people. Um, I mean, I'm talking to you in a nice shirt and gilet and a pair of shorts, <laughs> right? You know, I've definitely, uh, my wardrobe has definitely changed during this this time. Um, but, but, but David, that sort of understanding people's anxieties now, like how do, we, how do we go about that? How do we make sure that people can transition nicely back into different environments? Um, uh, empathy. Um, and I think it, it's genuinely about just listening to people. Um, the vast majority of the you know, challenges that I find between members of a senior management team is when people don't have empathy for somebody or they lose empathy. And they suddenly start coming out, you know, you could just hear it in the language patterns of, well, they just keep saying, you know, nonsense. They keep talking over me and I just can't really listen to them anymore or whatever it is. Um, and again, that sort of, it's a polarizing position because you then look for more and more reasons to back up your assumption and more and more reasons why they do it, whether they are or not. Um, and so we just need real empathy and genuine care and um, understanding of people um, and not everybody's going to be the same. Not everybody's going to react in the way that, that you or I or, or someone else is going to react. Everyone's going to react differently and it's going to hit people in different ways at different times and different things. And so I think as a, uh, as a business, you need those forums to, to listen to people. I was, um, uh, was having a chat with, with somebody the other day on Zoom and they just said that the morale in their, uh, their organisation was an all-time low um, because everybody was disconnected they're working together in the same sort of place but no one's talking to each other because of all the distancing they're all in different rooms or it's really really hard and they've just lost all that sort of human connection um and then when things are communicated they're often mis mis you know misread or mis miscommunicated or misunderstood because there isn't that human connection that's going with it it's just an email you get or a text saying this is what's happening and so i really really think that the the, the leaders who are going to do phenomenally well, the people who, who are going to want to work for these people and want to work in their businesses are people who are, have high empathy um, and really understand people and can get the best out of the people as an individual as well as a team. Yeah. And it's interesting. So a number of banks have gone purely work from home now. Uh, a number of law firms looking going purely work from home now. And... It, what I'd like to see is just, just data, really. I just want to see, are, are any of these businesses really tracking performance data um, alone? And is it, are they actually able to sort of see retention data as of yet, right? Like, what's it really impacting? The, now, retention might be okay, because actually there's a, there's a level of comfort to all this, right? You're like, well, I work from home, I do X, it's all nice and that's fine and maybe it might produce people to be slightly more comfortable and comfortable usually means a bit, bit lazier you know not so motivated so maybe why challenge yourself with a new job um but also saying when you say comfort and, and productivity they don't usually go hand in hand um either and what i'm trying to get to the bottom out of the clients at the moment is just to see who's actually looking at the data of performance to see do you have a negative effect? Everything at the moment is based on feeling, right? You've got leaders there saying, like, we need to be back in the office because, you know, they can't feel it. And that might just be for them. Yeah. That may be like, they don't feel like they're having the impact, but actually their teams might be good. And I think we just, 
we don't want to overdata this, but I do think if there's going to be a transition period time, people really want to be reviewing their own internal data to see what is or isn't working. And it is like from our experience, it's a case by case basis. We've got certain people who are absolutely in the zone in what they're doing and this working from home thing works them so well and others where it's really really clear it's 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 hindering them you know and hindering them um and it's all it all for me has come back to socially how how this impacts them socially reflects on how they're how productive they are like can they handle that alone time or do they just need that five minutes chat and release to get there but um i would really we're really trying to encourage people to start look at your data you know it's very easy to find savings everywhere in this work from home culture mm. but that and that but they're short-term savings like how how long long term is this going to uh, impact you which is the hard thing to do and you've got to be brave to go actually we feel that being together and having a culture makes a difference yeah i'll do something uh, I think the, the key word here is um, relationship, um, Nick. Uh, from all of the analysis we've done at the pub, okay, it's absolutely essential um, that relationship is going to be at the centre. And actually, we also talk about profit, and profit is also related to relationships. So just a couple of points that David mentioned. People are high empathy. People are not, can actually, I don't think there's such a thing as people being high empathy. I think you can learn it, and it's very simple. You ask people... If you disagree with them, you ask them and you take an interest in them, okay? You, you, you acknowledge people for who you are. A bit like when the shutdown, you know, um, stopped, you know, started, if you remember, it had a bit of a novelty speaking to people you hadn't spoken to them before. Um, and then valuing disagreement, okay? So brilliant, let me understand where you're coming from rather than labels, I can't cope. So I think the empathy thing is, is a skill that can be, can be learned, which is the basis of relationships and 100%, and it's worth acknowledging this, this challenge is going to get worse, Nick, because um, it's not going to get better. So we need to be well ahead of this six to 12 months. I think the other side is around stress. Okay. Now, um, you know, you talked about you know, um, the level of stress and basically when your stress bucket gets filled up, which is what David was touching on, you know, the, the, um, the appetite for having difficult discussions drops off a cliff. It sort of drops to sort of negative, if not zero. And I think the, the key to that is actually new action, which is the reason why I was proposing that's the main thing I should talk about. How do we get to new action, which, again, is massively understood. But what new action does is it realigns your actions and your beliefs. OK, so even people who are politically correct, um, you know, trying to do the right thing, thinking everything OK, are actually getting very stressed, probably more stressed than anybody else because they're not doing anything. Uh, but like Biden says all the right things. But, he, you know, if you, if you leave that too long, the people get stressed. So and I think. Um, just a simple example of this was, um, you know, I, I announced the fact that I joined the, um, you know, this you know, eximious thing moving forward. So on LinkedIn, just, you know, I just thought I would see what happens, you know, just see a little prompt, see what, see what happened. And um, there's a whole raft of people that came out the woodwork who I haven't spoken to for ages, who actually I sort of know indirectly, who contacted me, but I never spoken to them. So I think a lot of it's actually as simple as picking up the phone, Nick, you know, pick up the phone. Um, and but if we do any any distance, you know, obviously physical distance from each other is a real big threat to relationships. So I think all cutting to the chase. I think all all decisions in business at the moment, it's not about cost saving because cost saving is very short term. It's about relationship, and if you cannot manage relationships at the moment, 
even if you're making a profit, your business will die and it'll implode. So relationship, relationship, relationship. Yeah, no, no, I totally agree. I think, I think with um, referred to Biden, Trump, and Brexit, the, the the one the one thing that stands out in my mind is people often forget what you said, and people often forget what you did, but they don't ever forget how you made them feel, yeah. right? And I think that's the um, that's the thing that always stands with me when I ever get into a political discussion, and why I try and generally not to engage with them. Uh, is you can really actually you can really go there and upset feelings and that's what i've definitely seen from different um uh take a load of brexiteers for example you know they were just pushed and battered and called stupid or racist or whatever you had to do just constant labeling which um which sort of made them double down to the point where no one's even talking about an argument anymore anyone's actually actually trying to discuss facts and the uh, the only positive thing i've seen come out of this biden trump stuff is um the republican party seem to you know they're not seem to pride themselves on the fact they won't react in a uh, a negative way they won't, they're not going to go trash the streets they stand against that and they actually want to have some kind of um, control i mean i know they're still outlandish and there's things going on there but at, le at least that's from a sort of collective sort of cult sort of you know hub together at least there's some decent principles behind you know taking taking it out like it seems like they're they'll fight for it but it seems like they'll be able to take the loss and seem all relatively from four years of narrative of saying make america great like you said at the beginning there is a common bond there mm. um but how biden goes about making that inclusive to them and including in that discussion and not coming across as sort of a uh, East Coast elite is going to be um, is is going to be interesting, and uh, the media plays into that. If, if, if they're overly biased, it's just going to backfire on everyone. I think in this uh, in in this way, uh, David, um, with the with the vaccine coming in, returning to work, um, and just that bringing people together. Obviously, Tom's spoken a lot on relationships. Anything else you'd add to saying how we can how we can just help people? come together as one um a common cause and a common purpose really you know brings people together um and, and again links back i was just thinking as you were talking then about the american politics stuff if you just you know if the head of the republican party head of the democratic party came out and just said look guys we all have the same common interest to make america the greatest country in the world and at the end of all this we're still gonna have to get behind the president and we've got to you know unite as a country that would be a really powerful message because it would, it would just take this thing out of most of the, um, most of the energy in it. And um, I think it'd be a very similar thing um, in businesses. So as soon as in any kind of um, conflict or disagreement, you've got to think outcome. What's the outcome here? Because most of the time it's, well, she said this, or he said that, or he made me feel like this. Okay, so what's your outcome? And when you can get into outcome thinking and really think about things, then it's much, much easier. So as a company, or as a leader in a, in a business, I'd be thinking, what's your outcome for your business here? What's your outcome for the individuals? And if you're trying to create a really good business with great individuals that can perform at their best or whatever it is, then how do you do that and get everybody united around that? Um, because that's then something that will give um, a lot of those discussions about people coming back into the office or when they come back in or how do you support people um, and fears and all those kind of things. 
it gives a lot more context and it makes it far more objective rather than subjective. And mm. I think that gives people something to aim for as well. Yeah. What's interesting is if, if you didn't know what your company culture was before, surely you do now. I mean, it's, it's been the majority of us out there. It's been stress tested so much. Um, but, I, but I also imagine because everyone's been you know, in the trenches so much and, and fighting hard, that a lot of mission statements probably don't make any sense anymore for, for a lot of these businesses. Yeah. Um, there's a really interesting, my great uncle had uh, this great phrase that he often said, which was, um, you see who's wearing swimming trunks when the tide goes out. Um, and I think for most businesses, the tide's gone out in one way or another. Um, and it has revealed a whole lot about markets and, and people and individuals. And I, and I think that's exactly right. You know, we know, we're gonna know a lot more about ourselves and a lot more about our team. Uh, and how we, um, you know, cope with stress, stress and pressure, and this time. And the other factor is, is you know, if there's a vaccine, the vaccine is not going to be this wonder thing that everyone can then go out and be booking holidays to Ibiza, and um, you know, we're going to be back in pubs and sports stadiums. Uh, although I'd love both of those things. You know, it, it, we've got to deal with the fact that we've been in a position where we haven't been able to go out and live our lives as we have done for quite an extended period of time now. I know a lot of people who haven't actually. Had had a holiday you know during the middle of lockdown a holiday at home isn't actually that different to working at home because you're still you're stuck in the same environment and i think we've got to be um empathetic um to that and understand that people are going to take time and also people will need a mental break um of some kind of this because i think that's going to be really important is that people are gonna you know we kind of think great we're coming out of this next lockdown there's a vaccine great everyone back in at 100 miles an hour and actually, everyone's been kind of at the cold face, grinding away for a long time now. In in for some people, can, could be quite challenging conditions. And we've we've got to understand that some people are going to need a break, and we've got to bring people back in at different times, um, and just allow people to recharge. I've said to the guys in my team, finish as early as you humanly can in December, and take as much time off as you can. Wrap up all the client stuff that you've got, and take good time. Because we're going to need you. That's a great time, natural time to have a break anyway. Not an awful lot of stuff happens <laughs> work-wise, but just take two, three weeks minimum, and really recharge the batteries and just have a break and come back because it's been a, a heck of a year in in many, many ways. And I think people are going to need that that mental time. Yeah, I I, I totally agree. I, I haven't uh, been as generous probably <laughs> as you've articulated there. But um, we've echoed the same thing. And I think you're just seeing it across every business where even if you're stuck at home, there's going to be a proper disconnect. Like I'm, I'm off and away and I'm not answering emails. You, you see people really need that. And also I have noticed, you know, which is, this is a bit of a, a sin in my household, but I've seen Christmas trees going up. Yeah. <laughs> like, um, like now when people are like, right, we're, we, you know, we're making, we're, we're finding any excuse to bring joy into our lives um, earlier to start that. So I think, I think that recharge, reset, mm. and I think we should recharge and reset because there is absolutely um, no guarantee. There's no, there's no silver bullet on this, on this vaccine. Um, every government around the world is driven on data. And if there's false positives, whatever it is, the data does not read good. Mm. You know, and if that's what if that if that's data they're using, we're going to be in this situation for a, a fair while. Yeah. Uh, it, it looks like, and, we, and I, I won't get into the data. Yeah. Just on too, that, too just one last point in that one, Nick, with me, um, which is COVID nineteen is not actually the issue. Okay, 
and it's important to recognize this, it's shone, it's shone a lot of a light on some pretty fundamental flaws which have got us to where we've got to for the last 40 years. So a lot of this stuff is very entrenched. So we're talking about Trump and the rest of it, but actually, um, you know, it's, we really do need to change our leadership. So I think some of the points that just been talking about, it's all very well being aligned behind vision, but we use the notion of a jazz band to steer the ship in the right direction. So the vision's easy, it's quite easy, but actually what you're gonna do, how are you gonna take new action? And that's where the, the challenge lies in terms of having difficult discussions. Um, the other thing I think just practically is have a laugh. Um, search out things that make you laugh. Um, and um, I think uh, that's, what I th you know, we're just gonna get back to humanity. We've got to really find, you know, reset relationships, get back to that. Um, a bit, be unafraid of putting our foot, feet in it um, to having awkward, difficult, stupid humour, which often offends people. But let's just do it. Um, let's step over the edge. Let's have those discussions. Let's laugh. Let's not try and offend people intentionally. But um, we need to break out of this. <laughs> um, and um, I th so I think the word culture has been overegged. But I think in all seriousness, the notion that somehow we're going to be out of COVID is going to sort everything out. Actually, no, it's not. Um, we need to be six, uh, literally six to 12 months ahead of this because a lot of the senior leaders I'm communicating with at the moment, they're not coping well now because they haven't got the skills though, to run their jazz bands, which is the analogy I, I like um, at the moment. So you watch what happens in six months. This will get much worse. So I'm not even, I'm not saying that from a negative perspective. I'm talking that from terms of let's be proactive. Let's, let's start doing these things. Yeah. And I think from a technology standpoint, there's, um, you can see people have Zoom fatigue, right? So doing another company thing over Zoom. You know, people have had a taste of what, because we had the on and off bit, people had a taste of like actual human interaction and fun. Um, and the temptation is like, why bother? But you just got to bother. Um, you've just got to bother. If everyone's, you know, uh, I obviously, you know, run lots of fun company nights for our team. And every single idea I've ever come up with People have gone like, oh, it's rubbish. <laughs> and then we're two minutes into it. Like, it was quite good fun. I'm like, yeah, it is fun. And it's it's never fun because of the event. It's, it's fun because the people at yeah. the event, and the people yeah. you're with and you're sharing an experience. So as much as to all you managers out there who are getting massive Zoom fatigue and like not another thing, just keep doing it. Like it's just, just keep staying connected. Keep finding some common ground you can laugh at during these times and uh just don't give up like it's just it's just worth it um and on, on that uh positive note um uh thank you tom and david for today um loved it as always thank you to you guys at home you keep subscribing you keep hitting the like buttons and all the stuff we need for the algorithm uh we're on spotify now for everyone who uh can't uh, access the YouTube and want to sit on a, a train or a car while well, you're, you're meant to be on one. Um, but otherwise, uh, thank you to all. Uh, great doing these and we will catch up with you next week. All the best. Goodbye.